Praise God. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to talk about the fact that we are signed, sealed, and delivered. Amen. Amen. I don't need no embellishment. Well, I thought we might have a little embellishment, but you all know the song. Y'all probably sing it yourself, so praise God. But we are the bride of Christ is signed, sealed, and delivered to God. Amen? So we're going to talk about what it means, that means, and and, uh, what it means in your life and how you can feel secure. You need always feel secure about your salvation should never be and when i say salvation i don't mean i'm going to heaven one day amen but i'm talking about your day-to-day relationship with god your day-to-day walk with god your ability to contact god as your personal god your friend your maker your creator in the uh, uh, in the bible God created us. He created man in his own image. So what that means is that God created us to be able to constantly reflect on him. Because if we're the image and he's the original, the image doesn't have an idea of what it looks like, acts like, its capabilities until you can reflect off of the original. Amen. If I were to... uh, uh, fix myself in the morning before I I go out I look at myself in the mirror and I said oh, how can we improve us well you know, whatever depends on what kind of day it is or then some days it's, I'm just going anyhow I, was like, I gotta get out of here I'm going anyhow and so uh, but but we all have an opportunity to validate our appearance validate our abilities validate our 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 uh, identity all of that stuff we need and and this is why it's so important our witness in the earth because people are are like that you know we are made in god's image people outside of god tend to reflect off other people don't we we care we care about what other people say we care about other people think you know, it gets less and less important the more secure you are in God. You understand what I'm saying? But still, it's important how we present ourselves to other people. And oftentimes, we, we look for what we call encouragement, but it's really feedback on how we're doing. So we can give each other feedback on how we're progressing, how are we doing. Sometimes we ask one another for feedback. You know, you know I'm having this issue here this issue there and and what would you do or what do you think about it can you pray with me and we'll find god's solution so human beings are made to live in a family and god created us that way you know we care about one another uh we care what the other person how we're perceived by people we always want to present that image of christ to the world we were concerned about those things and so god created us that way we're created to interact with one another as a family as a human family and then as a family of god 
So that's why God set about laws and rules for how to interact with one another so that we could dwell in peace and safety. That's the primary thing that God wants us to have is peace. And so one of the first things that God restored to us was peace with him. And, and, and it's after we have peace with God, as we maintain that peaceful relationship with him, we can have peace with all men. And, and God tells us as much as is possible. You know, some people just ain't possible to please them. You know, you know how it is. Or maybe it's just a bad day for them. You can't please them today, but they're okay tomorrow, you know. And so we, we have to understand that about ourselves and about other human beings and just uh, learn how to live peaceably as much as possible uh, with one another. But there's always peace among God's people in the body of Christ. You know, he gives us instructions for living. He says, you know, uh, the bottom line is I want you to learn how to live in harmony, forgive one another. Because we all are born in sin. We all sin and fall short of God's glory. So you cut me some slack through forgiveness. I cut you some slack through forgiveness. And we all live happily ever after. Amen. And God takes care of that. See, forgiveness is his, his design to keep peace among his family members. Amen. And among his creation. And so when we, when we say, for instance, if we make mistakes in our bookkeeping or, or in our uh, uh, management of our finances, Many times we can get debt forgiveness. We all wouldn't want to be forgiven. Like sometimes if you pay a bill late and there's a late fee, you know, you might call them and say, you know what, I usually pay my bill on time. I just slipped this one time. Can you take this late charge off of here? And, and you might find that there's mercy. Sometimes they have a policy. They only let you have one a year. You know what I'm saying? You slipped up already this year. You ain't getting another one. You know, that kind of thing. But God isn't like that. He forgives us over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> his blood is designed, and his blood has paid for that. And so that's why we shouldn't feel bad having to forgive a brother 70 times 7 in one day. You got me? Because we not paying for it. God's paid for it. So that's what makes it easy for us. You know, it ain't no skin off my nose to go to God and tell him that. No skin off me to go to you and tell you that. Avis, I'm sorry. If I offended you yesterday, I'm sorry. Did I throw you out to tell me You understand what I'm saying? It's in the same thing with her. You know what I'm saying? It just, you know, there's no big offenders and little offenders in God's kingdom. It's all forgivable. And so that's what puts us all on an even keel. That's what allows us to freely forgive as we have been forgiven. And so God has signed, sealed, and delivered us with his blood. Amen. It's very important to understand the power that he has allowed to come into our lives by making that sacrifice on our behalf. So what does it mean to say something is signed, sealed, and delivered? Uh, that's a, a, a phrase that had a significant meaning as far as contracts and things of that nature are concerned. Uh, the process uh, in contract law, it was the process of assigning a deed to a parcel of land. It represented the land or property and was valid only if these three things were satisfied. So there had to be a signature of the person who was uh, granting the land. You know, this is a transfer deed where land is transferred from one place to another, just like we transferred from the 
kingdom of darkness over into the kingdom of light. So there had to be a legal aspect to our transfer. You just can't say I'm saved and you saved and you don't go through the process of of what God says you have to do to be saved. You you see all the new age people are talking about the God in you. And well, how do you get there? Huh? He has to get there legally. You know, there's a lot of people out here with illegal God in them. Mm-hmm. They're assuming. Mm-hmm. You see many of these new age, uh, 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 where they call themselves life coaches. You don't need a life coach. Uh, you got a life coach, coach living in you already, so you don't need that stuff. You understand what I'm saying? It's just, this stuff is insane because people are trying to make other people think that they're not capable of managing their own lives. See, for the Christian, we have a system that God has given us to manage our lives. It's called the church. And anything that can't be managed among God's people is going to be real hard to manage outside of that. So you don't need a, a, a life coach. Now, you might need a personal trainer. Uh, you know, if you start exercising and you don't want to hurt yourself, you know, that's that's one dimension of your your life. See, your your physical man is only one dimension. So you might want to say, you know, a certain problems you have with your your body image or your strength in a certain realm of your body. You might submit yourself to somebody who can help you in that one area. But you don't give your whole control of your whole life over to somebody. You, you know, he's, that's another human being. They can't manage you any better than they can manage themselves. You understand what I'm saying? And just because they've been through some problems and overcome them, it doesn't make them a master. You understand what I'm saying? Huh? We're, this, we, we're, we're not living in a, a Star Wars, huh? Life coach I am, you know? Right. Yeah, we, we, we must life coach you. Yes, we will. You know, that ain't who we are. Come on, folks. We're real people. We're made in the image of a real living God. And he has already ordained a way to take care of his people. It's called the church. Huh? And if you're a member of God's body, he's ordained a local body for you to become a part of. So that he can expect to meet you there and all your needs can be met through the preaching, teaching, prayer, counsel, whatever you need. It's all here. And when you go home, read your Bible and you get more, you see. And so things are so simple with God, but we can make them very, very complicated through what we hear coming from the world. And so God purchased us back out of the world and we were signed, sealed and delivered into his kingdom and into relationship with his son so three things were needed for a deed to be valid that was a signature and we know what that is whoever is signing it there should be two parties one party is selling the property the other one is purchasing or receiving maybe there's no money transferred but there must be a purchaser and a person who receives the recipient of the purchase the seal which was a signet or melted wax on many deeds. And they were, after the signatures were set, that paper was folded over or put in another paper envelope, 
and there was a hot wax seal placed on that so that the person, it was either a witness or the person who was selling because they're the ones who's most at risk if this thing isn't done properly. And so they were, they, their seal was on there and it was not to be opened unless it was official business, you see. They're, they often had a place where deeds were registered. So when that happened, that seal was open and everything was valid and it was a matter of public record. And so, <clears throat> and it was delivered to the person who was buying the land and that's how it was all official. It would have to be signed, sealed, and delivered. Sealed so that nobody could tamper with the signature. Nobody could scratch a name out and say, that's, that's me. I know John Brown said he sold that land to you, but look, my name is on here. Where if the seal was broken, you would challenge the authenticity of the transfer. Human seals can always be broken. Understand that, okay? But the seal of God can never be broken. Amen. Once you're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, that seal can never be broken. Why? Because he watches over the seal. Huh? When God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, look at the Holy Spirit stamping that into your life and making it valid. So that when the enemy tries to steal you back, he knows he can only go so far. Now, he might mess your head up. You know, you get yourself in some trouble, you know, doing some stuff you shouldn't do or whatever. He might mess your head up for a little bit. But he can't take you back from God. How long you let him mess with you is up to you. But he still cannot take you back from God. That's why, as you know, I always tell people, I said, backslidden Christians are the most dangerous people in the world because you never know when the life of God is going to come back to life in them. You know, it's good to obey God let him deal with people. You understand what I'm saying? We always try to get somebody to, I'm going to get him to come back to church. You may not. You might stay out there with him. You keep messing around because you don't know what kind of mess they get into. Huh? Some things are your ministry, some things are not. Know your role. But I know one thing, God knows when it's time for them. God knows where to find them, and God knows how to get them, and God knows where to bring them back to. Amen? (laughs) Moses got in trouble like that. He mostly got in trouble as an intercessor because he knew God was merciful. You know what? You can get in trouble like that. You think everything's a mercy situation, and sometimes this is just let them stay out there and see how they're, sometimes people are defying God and daring God on the inside of them, and God knows how to take care of them. You know, the Bible says when the prodigal left his father's house, now who don't love their child and know when they're running out into trouble, you want to follow them and drag them back so bad? But what did the Bible say? He said he gave him his money. He said adios, but he did know he was coming back. You see what I'm saying? You've got to see in your heart them coming back. And is that then you're trusting them to God when they're out there doing what they think they're supposed to be doing. They think they do have a right to do certain things. Well, we all do, but your rights ain't always good for you. And your rights ain't always good for me either. You understand what I'm saying? And so we, we, we should understand how to listen to God. And so Moses, God told Moses, quit praying for them people. I know what I intend to do with them. 
you know, the prodigal that let his son go. It don't say he ran after him and tried to drag him back. Probably talked to him many times and tried to discourage him. But after they made their mind up, you can release people to God's care and let God deal with them. Continue to pray for them. Continue to ask God's mercy over them if you know they're doing wrong, that kind of thing. But, but be led by the Spirit of God. We know how to do that. All right, so uh, <clears throat> that, that document then was delivered to the new owner, and he had, he had ownership of the deed, or sometimes deeds are registered officially in a government office and a copy given to all parties. Amen. And so, uh, you know, sometimes car titles are like that. You know, you get, remember the uh, the real titles were, what could, the white was the real ones and the yellow was the fake ones. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Nobody ever got them. <laughs> and for a, long, a lot of years, I didn't know what the real original, I was like, oh, this looks like what it looked like. You know what I'm saying? But I finally paid off a car and kept it. But back in the day, they used to encourage you to trade them in. You always had those memorandum certificates because if you were a trade-in person and you liked new cars all the time, that's what. You, but I'm, I'm past this stage. <laughs> I like my whatever my copy is. So, but anyway, that that there was always several records, and it was denoted which was the official one. The one that had the broken seal was always the official one. Your seal is not broken. So, so what are we signed, sealed, and delivered into? We're uh, delivered into adoption. Amen? We are adopted by God. So we have a valid adoption as new creatures. Sometimes when children are adopted, their adoptive parents change their names. Uh, so we have our names changed. Amen? Uh, we can be... Uh, our last name is Christ, our last name is Jesus, our last name is God, Godhead, amen, new creatures. We're really a new species. This is a new species of being that's never been created before. We are people who have come from uh, uh, darkness and are translated into light. So when the word translate really means, why, why wouldn't the, the Bible say transformed or transfigured or trans, why translate? Because we, the official uh, essence of us is language. See, our words are who we are. We, our words started with God. God said, let us, and it started, it started off like that. It doesn't say nothing about him picking something up and molding it first. But we were words first. Images are just pictures of words. Okay? So that's why we're translated. Got it? Amen. Amen. So we're new words in the earth. <laughs> we're a language that's never been created before. And to validate that, God gives us our own language from heaven that we can speak back to him. Amen. So we're, we're new words. We're new language. We're translated. Our words are the biggest portion about us. That's why every time you look in the Bible about something, words are, are the foundation of what happens with all of the things that happen to people in the Bible. Uh, God said. Uh, he blessed them and said. Bless gives the intent of his words. 
his words toward us are always good. Doesn't it say that in the word? Which scripture is that? I know the thoughts that I have towards Jeremiah. Yeah, you that. So, so that's what he says. When he says thoughts, he says thoughts are the same thing as words. They're just words on the inside. When you put them on the outside, they become active and alive. So he says, he says, I know the thoughts or I know the image I have for you. I know the words. I know the plans that I have for you. Plans are words. It's words in, in an imagination of the one who's doing the planning. And so, you know, blueprints, when they give them to your house, they have to be interpreted by somebody who's qualified to interpret them, right? And so they just add definition to the words that they see flat on pictures, and it comes to life in the hands of the builder, amen? So our adoption is valid. We are new creatures, new name, new species, sons and daughters of the Most High God, amen? That's us. That's who we are. Well, no well. That's who you are. And if we quit welling so much and start really accepting who we are and just walk it out the best way we know how with God, with his word, understanding his covenant, we'll be a lot better off than always challenging the validity of our adoption. See, we do that to ourselves. Amen. You know, on a bad day or a down day or a challenging aspect Listen, let me tell you, whatever you go through in life, I don't care what, what you lack, what you miss, what you're short on, what you're, you're t- dealing with, it's not up to you to get you out of that. You have a father who has adopted you into a covenant of blessing, nothing but blessing. Amen? There is no curse on this covenant. This is a curse-proof covenant. You know why it's curse-proof? Because we were asleep when we entered into it. How you like them apples? God said, don't need you, go to sleep. Uh, I'm doing this up and I'm doing it up right. Uh, this time I'm doing it up right. So he, he, put, his own, he put his own seal on us to, to show us that it's all taken care of. All we got to do is ride it out, go with the flow, huh? Just get on the horse and ride, huh? Amen. He's got a saddle to fit in each and every one of his children, huh? And the horse is able to carry everybody. Amen. So we have a covenant that has the signature of Jesus all over it. See, our adoption is valid because we have a covenant that has his signature all over it. What do I mean all over it? Every place that your your adoption could be contested, his signature is there. Anytime the devil tries to bring something up to you that's not valid in your life. Listen, devil, have you not heard? I have been translated. I am a new creature. That person you talking about is dead. He said, I saw what you did. Yeah, but I repented about that already. And if, if I haven't, let me drop down on my knees right now and get it straight between and get back in under the blood, enter into my covenant. Amen. And that's not taking advantage of God. That's taking advantage of God. See, when you have an advantage, take it. Huh? I don't want, you know what, I long since passed trying to make my own way in life. <laughs> but you can do that in the natural. Ain't that right, Poppy? As a, as a married woman, I decide I wasn't going to try to make my own way in nothing. 
brother man was there to be my provider, my helper, my, huh, whatever I need. You know, that's why you get married. And he the same way with me. He had me to lean on when he needed something, huh? And don't tell the brother they can trust you because they lean forever. Leaning, leaning, I lean, leaning on the, remember this? <laughs> They're lean, baby, they lean, huh? They depend on you for a lot of things, huh? I mean, I couldn't even go to be gone all day. I had to tape his soap operas. <laughs> As Pastor Shirley, she'll tell you some of the yo-yo stuff he would make me do, huh? And I did it because I loved him, and that's what made his life comfortable. If you want soap operas, that's better than bars. Huh? That's better than bars. Huh? You know, now sometimes they get a little feminine on you with them soap operas. You kind of. Huh? What is, uh, who was it? Gail Ramsey is our friend on Facebook. The You remember Gail? She lived in Columbus. She was Susan on what? What was that? Was it General Hospital? I mean, if, if if I didn't, what was it? Right. Yeah. So if if Weedy would come home, he wants to know what Susan. What was Susan doing today? I said Susan home. Huh? You can get real feminine real quick on that stuff. Yeah. She's serving God. She's a spirit-filled Christian. Loves the Lord everything like that she lives in hawaii now she's a sweet sweet woman of god but yeah she's an actress she was an actress on soaps for many many years so you know praise god i got off on that but anyway you know you you do what you do you do what you do because you love somebody you're committed to them sometimes the commitment is stronger than love because love is a form of commitment sometimes love can be just an emotional Thing. But when you're committed, you want to see that person happy, you want to see them pleased, and you want to see them throw a tantrum because they don't know what Susan is doing on General Hospital today. So you go home and, and tape the soap, you know what I'm saying? We had them old VCRs back in the day, but, you know, that, that's what you do. And so we have a valid adoption. Our adoption is valid. That's what we want to to focus in on. It's valid. It's not something you made up it's not something that that is is not legal in revelations 1 chapter 1 then verse 5 <clears throat> it says here unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood the fact that your sins have been washed from you it's also true that they have been atoned for, which means, you know, being washed and clean is one thing. But having something paid for so you don't have to pay for it anymore is a different dimension to that adoption. The fact that Jesus has washed us clean in his own blood means that we're not sinners anymore. Amen. Now, you may sin, but... You're not a sinner led by an habitual sin nature. You're a new creature in Christ, and you can be led by your spirit man and walk away from the life of sin. You know, you might struggle with it a little bit, but God has a way of taking care of even your struggle. You know what I'm saying? And so we have to understand that we have been washed in his blood, 
So we are purged from sin. We've been washed through and through. To purge means something means to totally eradicate all of it. We don't even have a little bit of it left. Amen? Now, uh, uh, Paul says sin lives in our members. You can be tempted to get over into the flesh. But your spirit man is totally washed, clean, purged, nothing wrong with him. He's totally sold out to God. Ephesians 1 and verse 7. Let me go over there. It says in verse 5, having predestinated us unto what? The adoption as children. Amen. So so we're adopted children of God. We're not God. We're not the parent. We're children. Amen. He says by Jesus Christ to himself. So we've been adopted to God the Father and to the brotherhood of Jesus Christ and the Lordship. He's the elder brother and heir of all things. So you know how in sometimes in families the oldest kid almost wants to look like your parents sometimes you know what i'm saying when you get in birth order they just have something about them that can assume responsibility well assume it early uh be able to to function in in leadership and that's god given there's always a double portion given to the firstborn why because he would be the one who would be responsible for the rest of the family other, the others in the birth order have their gifts and abilities too. They have leadership abilities, all that kind of stuff. You know, we all are, nobody's shortchanged on anything. But because of birth order, that's the way God has ordered it. So we've been in the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. He did this all on his own. You didn't influence him one way or the other. He was going to do it for anybody and everybody that would come to him through his blood and it says to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved so you're accepted into a group of people who are when they say beloved that uh, speaks of someone who is dear to someone and they know it we're all dear to God, but do we know it? i tell you the best example I can think of is John the Revelator, John the Apostle. Not John the Baptist, but John the Apostle. He speaks of himself as that disciple that Jesus loved. Not that he didn't love the other ones, but John knew it. He stayed in relationship long enough to find it out. And that's how you find it out. You find it out in relationship. He said, I know he loved me. You can't tell me he didn't. Amen? Amen. Just an aside, ladies, female trick number 101. Well, this is what you tell your husband when he thinks he wants to go step out the door. You can't go nowhere. You love me. Huh? And they sit there and say, I guess I do. <laughs> Take your shoes off, unpack your bags, stay a while. Where are you going? Don't nobody love you like, like out there like I do? 
Where you think you going? Better go sit down somewhere. I'm frying chicken tonight. <laughs> they say, how many cartwheels did I? No. Oh, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Been married too long. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but you're accepted in the beloved of God. He loves you and you know it. Amen. See, that's, he knows how he feels about us. He knows his thoughts toward us. He knows his motives toward us. He knows, but do you know it? The, 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 the relationship we have is all based on trying to convince you of his love for you. This is all it is. We're in this earth right now. And God every day is, is working to convince us of his great love for us. If the Apostle Paul could go through what he went through and still come up and say, what can separate us from the love of God? He knew God loved him even though he had a rough life as a believer. Amen. Most of us wouldn't be able to take day one in Paul's sandal. It says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Redemption to redeem somebody means that you have looked at them, evaluated them, and you consider them to be worthy of the purchase price. So we have redemption through his blood. We've been redeemed out of the power of darkness. You know, we can no longer say the devil made me do it. The Bible says submit to God, resist that rascal, and he'll run away from you in terror. Amen? And so why? Because he sees God. (laughs) He don't see you anymore. When you submit to God, you resist him, and he sees God there in your life. Amen? So you're not fighting this kind of thing on your own. You've got mucho, mucho help, as much as you'll ever need. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. You want grace from God? You have to base it on the forgiveness of your sins. You can't base it on anything else. Amen. Amen. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. Like what more can we need? And it was his good pleasure to do this. He's made us accept. He's made you accept. In other words, this is something you can't fight. You can't argue with it. You can't struggle with it. He's made you accepted in the beloved. It's something he did that was was not your will. It's outside of your will. It's outside of your control. It's outside of your planning. But he made this happen for us. So we're accepted in the beloved. And, and we have access to a very close relationship with him. Amen. You know, even when, when the disciples were on earth, uh, um, they all had the opportunity to know Jesus the way John did. John was the only one who spoke of it the way he did because he took the time to, to assess his relationship with Christ and understand that no matter what what we were taught, how we got rebuked, how we got, you know, he would get impatient with us or whatever, you know, they thought he was doing and tell us, you know, how long will I suffer? Where's your faith? You know, this kind of stuff. I know he did it out of love. I know what he did was love. How many people can you say that about? 
Amen? Everybody gets squirrely about things sometimes. Married people doubt that the spouse loves them anymore. You know, all this kind of stuff. But he says, all of this, I knew that I was loved. And so you see him always. You know, we think of John as the one, oh boy, who is that sitting close to Jesus, leaning on his chest? That's John. You know what I'm saying? And who's that dude, you know, at the Last Supper? Who's that dude sitting on the edge of the table? It's always Judas. We know who that is, too. So you assess your relationship with God based on what, what he says about how he feels about you, what he thinks about you, and whether or not you believe it and accept it. Amen. And so John believed it and he accepted it. He said, this man loves us. And it was further proven at the cross how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we would become the sons of God. I mean, there's no greater love than that. You know, I know many times uh, 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 people who have children, you know, sometimes they get to be teenagers and they have friends that maybe don't get along at home too much. You know the ones because they are at your house all the time. You understand that? There's some, some people who are like that. They wish they could live there. You understand what I'm saying? They wish they could be a part of that kind of a family. But here we are adopted. You know, we know that he loves us. We know that we've come into a good family, a holy family, a righteous family, a blessed family. Everything that we need is right there for us because we have papers that say we have a valid adoption in God. The only thing that was standing between us and God was sin. And Jesus shed his blood and purged us from that, cleansed us from that, washed us in his own blood. So we have redemption through his blood, Ephesians 1, 7. Romans 5, 9 tells us something further, that we are justified by his blood. We're justified. That means whatever you did that's wrong is not wrong. It's, it's been done away with. We're justified before God. Romans 5, 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, shall we be saved in his life. So it's easy going after you get saved. That's what he, the writer's trying to convey to us here. Much more. If we were reconciled at our worst, God forgave us of our worst. How much more will he bless us now, seeing as how we are justified? In other words, he can trust us now. Amen? He can pour it on now. He can help us now. He can open doors for us now. He can trust us now. Why? Because we've been reconciled and justified, and we have the life of his son dwelling in us. Just as he trusts his son, he can trust us. It's amazing to think about it. Sometimes when we think where we came from and, and how we got to the Lord. But we are justified by his blood. To be justified means to be made righteous. You're okay. You're more than okay. Amen. Hebrews 9 tells us that he entered into the holy of holies with his blood. So our adoption is recognized at the throne of God. And that's the other thing you have to... All the Old Testament sacrifice types and shadows were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So he was all of those old covenant. He was the sin offering. He was the trespass offering. 
He was all of those offerings because when he entered into the holiest of all, it was with his own blood. Hebrews 9, let me see what verse I had. I think 12. But Christ being come a high priest of good things. He's the priest of good things, not bad news. He's a priest. He ministers over good things. You know, I see all these doom and gloom prophecies about, you know, people saying, I woke up and I had a dream. I don't care what you dream. I don't know what you did before you went to bed. That would say a lot about what kind of dream you had. It's a thought. Jesus is a minister over good things. I don't care what you see in a dream. You can renounce it. You can ask God for mercy. Listen, if Hezekiah could be told he was going to die, and five minutes later the prophet turned around and said he's going to live, what, do you, what chance do you think we have if we... You know, some people's just haters. They're just hateful. They don't see something negative. I don't care what, what else is And that's all they see. They don't see intervention. They don't see intercession. They don't see mercy. They don't see anything. Our God is a merciful God. His mercy endures forever. And I don't believe he's ever through with any people that he puts his life in on this earth. Are you kidding me? He'd have to kill himself if he's going to give up on us. He hasn't even got started with us yet. huh? You know what I'm saying? I, well, you know, we were reading yesterday about the persecuted church. I said, man, if these people can keep hope alive in the hell they live in all the time, you can't even go home. You can't, they control what you do in your home. Which all them, them uh, what, we got them things, you know, the, the devices that you can, your internet things, all them connectors. Mm, lay hands on them bad boys. Make sure they ain't working in reverse. Because the devil don't like the gospel. That's why he waters it down every time. You know, it keeps watering, keeps watering, keeps watering. Now if you tell somebody you love them enough to tell them that what they're doing is sin and it will take them to hell, then you're hate. That's hate speech. See, they can sue you for that. Huh? Sue me. God pays my bills. There's only so much people can threaten you. You understand what I'm saying? Without God coming to your rescue and intervening. (laughs) You know, I think people are challenging the foundation that this country was built on. But what we're built on will withstand the challenge. It's been challenged before. Now we got people, we we got betrayers in our nation challenging the foundation that it was this uh, country was built on you see they're changing history that's how that's how the communists came to power they started changing all the russian history and you can get the free uh, broadcast 24 7 of them brainwashing people and telling them uh, that other people were responsible for all the trouble that happened and, and communism is the answer you know, Christianity is, is not is, is our problem. You know, communism is the answer, all this kind of nonsense. And that's how they brainwashed the a whole nation of people for many, many years. This rewrote history. And they got to be the only access that you have to any kind of uh, information. 
They control information. Look how close we are to having people control. I thank God the guy that invented the Internet, not Al Gore. I invented, you know, the Internet. And I'm saying, wait, 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 hold it. But he set it up as a free service. Mm-hmm. All the other little things we pay for are not paying for the, what they call the information superhighway. Why? Now anybody can get on there and tell what you want. Amen. And the government will try to control it and keep us from saying certain things, keep us from quoting scripture. And, you know, there, there are evil people everywhere. These people are so ingrained in sin and degradation that they don't want to have a good thought about redemption. They don't want to have a good thought about God. They just want to do what they want to do and, and, and do it forever until God sends somebody to tell them the truth. Amen. So God will always have people of truth in the earth. So <clears throat> Jesus in, in Hebrews 9, it says, uh, verse 11, Christ being a, come a high priest of good things to come. Let's always remember that. Jesus ministers over good things. Amen. Conviction's a good thing. Because huh? it'll bring you to repentance and get you free. And, and it'll bring you into truth. By a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. His own blood. Perfect blood shed for you, the perfect sacrifice, not one to be done over and over and over again, but once and for all. So you've entered into a perfect work that was done for your redemption. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with the system. There's nothing wrong with redemption. There's nothing wrong with God. This is a flawless covenant. It works flawlessly if you work it right. If you play by the rules, it works flawlessly. So it need not be done again. And he says, verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, see the Old Testament sacrifices were offered through human beings. Weak human flesh. The priest, before he went in, had to confess his own sins, wash himself up, because he was, he was flawed. Jesus offered himself up flawlessly. Through the eternal spirit, he offered himself up. Not human hands, not in a tabernacle where many sacrifices have been made over and over again. It's bloody, it's a mess, you can never clean it up. It represents the deteriorated state of humanity and the necessity for good things to come. I'm sure when that veil was torn in half, the priest said, Woo, that's over with. I'm glad. You know, the, like the younger ones say, it would have been my turn next. I would have been the next generation having to do all that, which they need, never did it faithfully anyway. Why? Because human flesh is weak to, to do what God wants it to do until he empowers us to do better. So Jesus offered himself through the eternal spirit, which means that the Holy Spirit watched over this work from the foundation of the earth. So for Jesus, it was just a matter of the, the right passage of time so that he could manifest himself in the earth. Many people who have had visions of the Lord, uh, 
I remember, I'm trying to think who it might have been, Sandy Brown, because she used to have a lot of supernatural experiences with God. She loved God so much. She said she'd just sit and worship God. She said until, until, the, uh, until he showed up is what she was saying. And she said that when, when Jesus talked to her about her being the bride, she said his big smile would come out on his face. Like he's been anticipating being able to give. He said, remember, he said, uh, when at the last supper, I have desired to do this meal with you for a long time. Amen. From all eternity, he's desired to do that. Amen. So then we become his delight. You've got to know that about yourself. You are God's delight. Huh? You are what he gave. You're to die for. He gave his life for you. Because you're worth something to him. Don't ever look at yourself in any other different light. Don't ever do that. When you find yourself feeling down on yourself, correct yourself and say, no, I am his delight. I am his delight. Your sins have been paid for and sent away. They're not anywhere anybody can find anymore unless you try to make it up and look for them. Huh? So on your days when you're not spearing, spending, uh, feeling real spiritual, find something else to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but don't try to trump up any charges on yourself. Uh, spare yourself the, the nonsense. So our consciences then are purged by his blood. Washed clean, which means that you don't carry around guilt. You don't carry around. Now you may think you want a little drama in your life. But Jesus took that already. He took all the drama. He took all the pain. He took all the guilt. He took all the, the everything. God's law has been satisfied. A life has been given for a life. Jesus gave his life for ours so that we could enjoy life. That's why he puts joy as a fruit of the spirit. He expects us to enjoy being here. God, his law has been satisfied. He gave his life in the place of ours. We are legal and signed by his shed blood. So while his blood was being shed, it was paying for our sins. And then the covenant was being ratified and made legal and binding by his blood. So that blood is not only being shed, but it's a signature over that covenant. Amen. It covers the new covenant. When in the Old Testament, the priest would touch all the instruments of the altar with the blood of the sacrificial animal. And so that covenant was ratified and paid for with blood. It was temporary. It didn't do a complete job like the blood of Jesus. Not, it didn't even come close, folks. But it was a symbol. It was a teaching lesson for them. Whenever they would go, they would be reminded, you know, if, if just one day out of the year, the Day of Atonement came, oh boy. You know, this is where I got to get serious. This is the one day of the year I got to get serious with God. Well, we can be serious with him every day of the year. You got me? Because that altar is there at all times in the holy, the holy, uh, holy place in heaven where we can come before the throne and have our needs ministered over by Jesus who is flawless. He's a minister over good things to come. He's the minister over the best things that we need in life by virtue of this covenant, a blessing that he's given us. There's no punishment on this covenant. 
He was punished enough. The father's satisfied. Nobody needs to punish you anymore for anything. And you don't need to punish yourself anymore for anything. You got me? So just enjoy your life. Amen? Enjoy your life. But do it legal. Amen? So we are legal and signed by his shed blood. Payment as well as signature. The requirement for a valid adoption signature for all mankind is blood for atonement. That's your valid adoption signature in God. God the Father is satisfied that we are legal when he sees the blood. In Exodus 12 and 13, that's how, that's the only way you got included in that group that went, crossed through the Red Sea with Moses. Is he had to see the blood over, in other words, he needs an obedient people who are going to do things legally. Amen. You couldn't, you couldn't uh, miss, you know, trying to cross the Red Sea and then say, well, I, I didn't think I was supposed to put that blood up. I heard about it, but I didn't do it. No, you can't do that. You've got to be legal in God's system. He says, when I see the blood, I will cause the death angel to pass over your house. So the father is a witness that the blood was shed properly and for the right purpose. So it had to be shed according to. To what God the Father commanded needed to be done for us. So the Father witnesses the signature of his son. He watched his son beaten bloody. And when the Father was satisfied that it was paid for. Amen. Then Jesus gave up the ghost. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So it was holy all the way down the line. You got me? It, it wasn't like the Father ministered over the death and the burial of Jesus so that it was done. You can see this was God's price that he set to be paid for us because it was done all before him. It was done all according to what the scriptures had said about Jesus. All of that stuff came to pass, it, it, and the Father watched over his son's work. In fact, Jesus said, I do nothing except what I see the Father do. So they were in agreement and in accord in this thing so that everything that Jesus did was to the letter. Not one jot or tittle was violated in, his, in God's law to take care of us and, and to provide for us. Everything's provided for legally. God oversaw it. He approved of it. And he was satisfied. The Bible says when he makes his soul an offering for sin, the father would be satisfied. Amen. It pleased the father to bruise him. And so this was the plan of God. We couldn't conceive of doing that for anybody or to anybody. For what purpose? But the father knew there was purpose in it. So he, God means to outdo us in everything, folks. He, we can't do better than what he did for us. So he's, the father's satisfied that we're legal when he sees the blood has been shed for us. He witnessed that the blood was shed. And he witnessed the signature of his son. God the Father identifies his own son blood on us. It has to pass the inspection of the Father. Huh? So God the Father identifies that this blood has been shed on our behalf. Amen? When we have faith and confidence in it. He identifies that his son did not kill him. Uh, he did not, that sin did not kill Jesus. Because he obeyed the Father in all things. So Jesus was not dying for his own sin. He was sinless. He was flawless. He obeyed the Father. The Father said, now it's time. You're ready. Everything's been fulfilled except the shedding of your blood. 
the father set forth the price of our redemption in his blood in his law a life for a life so a life has been given and god the father says that life is so holy it's acceptable for all the sin of the world everybody and so you don't have to atone for your own sin jesus has done that and done a perfect job of it all right so our ceiling in jeremiah 32 11 it gives you a a a, a description of how documents were thought of and let me find it real quick and read it to you i just wanted to read it because i found it in there uh it says jeremiah 32 did i say yeah 32 11 I always want to say, read that for me. Come on, yes, sister, read that for me. Okay, so anyway, okay, I'm done. It says, uh, verse 9, I, And I bought the field of Hanamiel, my uncle's son, that was in Anatoth, and weighed him the money, even 17 shekels of silver. So this is land he's buying and paid for. And I subscribed the evidence and sealed it and took witnesses. So that's how documents were legal in israel and weighed him in the money in the balances so i took the evidence of the purchase both that which was sealed according to the law and custom and that which was open and i gave the evidence of the purchase to baruch the son of neriah the son of messiah in the sight of hanamiel my uncle's son so all of these witnesses were there to make the transaction legal so you see god's law even for man had steps of signing sealing and delivering so that it was all legal so our seal is the holy spirit of promise ephesians 4 20. the bible says the writer here says do not grieve the holy spirit with for whom you are sealed let me see let me find it ephesians i said four lord 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 430 he says and grieve not first he says here let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth that grieves the holy spirit but that which is good to the use of edifying or building up spiritually that it may minister grace to the hearers in other words people don't want to hear your problems all the time your people don't want to hear your complaint at all put a cap on it let something come out of your mouth that minister grace to the i know we all have to watch it don't we but anyway he said here and grieve not the holy ghost gets sick ahead not the holy spirit of god whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption you are sealed that word sealed means to set a signet or stamp on to attest ownership authorizing what is sealed so you're authorized your ownership is attested to by the seal the holy spirit seals you to attest to the fact that god owns you huh and any time that 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 ownership is challenged the holy spirit reveals that seal to whomever is challenging it that's why a lot of people get scared of you and you understand i want them to be my friend they ain't gonna be your friend not that close because you're not in charge of your friends no more i'm gonna say it again because you know what we don't know these things you ain't in charge of your you don't belong to you what's that song 
song that I remember Wrights used to sing. I'm tied up, tangled up in Jesus. He's all that way. All I need. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. He's all I need. You know, you wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, and sealed. Now, you ain't free. You understand what I'm saying? Jeez. (laughs) When I say old, I mean going back. Everybody trying to shrink from that. You know y'all know that song. Don't be acting like, what's she talking about? All that old stuff. I don't know. I'm so new. Right. Huh? To set a signet or stamp to attest ownership. Ooh, I like that. I don't even belong to myself. Hallelujah. Authorizing what is sealed. So you're 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 uh, you're authorized. You're the original. You're one of a kind. You 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 stand out. He has put a seal on you that you belong to him. But you are 100% you in him. You got me? Sealing is an, in the ancient world served as a legal signature which guaranteed the promise or contents of what was sealed. So anyway, the, the, the contents of your deed or the contents of your doc, that was the promise. That's why we read, you know, remember promise books? We all got them. We were new believers. It was nothing but scriptures in there. And they had them under categories for everything bad that you go through. And you had a promise book that let you know you had a promise of coming out. Why? Because you have a covenant with God. Not because God wants you just out. You have a covenant with him that says you're coming out. So it says, in, it says the contents of what was sealed was not tampered with. You are 100% right. Huh? You ain't been tampered with. You're sealed. So you can trust your spirit man. You can trust when God tells you to go pray for somebody that, that per- that's a valid transaction in the spirit and that person will receive what you pray for. You understand? You're, you haven't been tampered with at all. You're sealed. People say things about uh, all kind of weird things about their spirit. Uh, I got, I got uh, what do they say? It's, I'm disturbed in my spirit. No, you're not. Yo, you ain't been tampered with. Who down there disturbing you? Can they disturb Jesus? They can't disturb Jesus, so they can't disturb you. Huh? You may feel the Holy Ghost not pleased with what you're hearing or saying. Now that I can, I can attest to that many times. You understand what I'm saying? But you ain't disturbed in your spirit. Let's let's leave our spirit holy. You understand what I'm saying? Huh? You know, Oprah Winfrey is on there talking about taking care of your spirit. She don't even know nothing about it. All them, as much many people as she need to help her life. Are you kidding me? That woman's a spiritual cripple and ain't got sense enough to know it. Yeah, I said it. I'm scared to say something about that woman. She's had too many advantages to snub her nose at Jesus. She said, this ain't right. She ain't right. It ain't right. Rather thank anybody but him. Mm-hmm. Fix my life. You can't fix my I'm fixed already. You understand what I'm saying? My life is fixed in God. Anything Jesus can't do for me, Eliana, whatever her name, she can't do that either. So care what you know life coaches are y'all get a life you understand they need to get a life they don't have a life yet 
So the requirement for a valid adoption si signature for all mankind. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm on sealed. Okay. Let me flip this over. Sorry about that. I got carried away. I need to stay with it. Okay. So <clears throat> the, the seal was, was to ensure that the contents of what was sealed were not tampered with. Sealing signified whom you belong to and is made official with no turning back. No turning back. In other words, God isn't sorry he saved us. Jesus isn't sorry he saved his blood for us. He, he, you know, it's not that it's of no account. Remember when God destroyed the earth? That was before Jesus went to the cross. Since we all have the freedom now to receive the atonement, it's no more like that. He, we're not disposable anymore. You understand what I'm saying? We're all good. Amen? We're all good. In Song of Solomon 8, 6, it says, set me as a seal upon your heart. Huh? In other words, your heart belongs to me and only me. That's what the writer is saying. That's his great love. And we know this is a, a love song of Jesus Christ to the church. This is his call and his song to the bride. So set me as a seal upon your heart means your heart belongs to me and only me. Our hearts belong to God and only God. We are sealed. When we are sealed by the Holy Spirit, we belong to God and God only. He will not share us with another so get that straight once and for all. God is not sharing you with nobody. Now you're a gift to the earth, but under his direction. Amen. He gets first time, first pick, first everything, because we do not belong to ourselves. We belong to him. So we're sealed into God's adoption. Our adoption is sealed. The Holy Spirit says hands off. And he keeps us in the way of holiness. Amen. He keeps us in the way of holiness. He enforces every law pertaining to our adoption. So the Holy Spirit really is the enforcer of God's covenant. And when we say enforce, we mean full force. Whatever he needs to do to help you, rescue you, keep you in the will of God, he will do. Huh? He will do whatever he needs to do. Most of us don't feel too much a restraining hand of God because we want to do God's will. You know, that's the other thing. The spirit of Christ dwelling in you hungers to please the Father. So that makes us easy, makes it easy for us. We're not fighting God all the time. You understand what I'm saying? But the Holy Spirit does enforce your adoption. He enforces your covenant. When you have days of, of thinking that, you, you know, nothing's working for me. Why has God abandoned me? Is he, he'll enforce by saying he will give you the word and help you and he'll minister truth to you to bring you back into the reality of who you really are. You watch it. You, you ever heard, have a time when something, you get some bad news about something and you brood about it for a while and then all of a sudden a scripture will. That ain't a scripture. That's the enforcer. Amen. That ain't just, you know, you ain't sitting there ministering to yourself like thinking up all these. Some of them you don't even remember the last time you read them if you read them and if you know what they mean. But they come anyway, don't they? In countries where people don't even have Bibles, never seen Bibles, never read them, they get the word on the inside. Why? 
He writes it on your heart. And he speaks it back to you in times of difficulty. Huh? (laughs) He does. He reveals truth to us. You don't have to be a truth truth detector, you know, <laughs> investigator, trying to figure out if anybody telling you the truth or not. No, just trust God to tell you if it's true or not, huh? Some things you can hear them and know they lie. So just skip over it, keep it going, amen? But he reveals truth. Truth is often hidden in darkness. So God has to reveal truth to us. I can remember, you know, when we were first starting, and I can remember, oh, boy, people say all kind of mean things about you, you know, and, and uh, you know, people in different churches we were at. Yeah, yeah, people say, did you know what so-and-so said? And God told me, you stop listening to that. He said, nothing, he said, if I tell nothing, you don't believe anything until I tell you. You know that freed me up of fear and paranoia? You can't work for God being scared. You can't work for God being paranoid and scared of everybody. You know, people come in here off the street, you've never seen them before, and you've got to love and welcome them and believe the best for them. Man, you can't do this job without trusting the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you. We don't have to be suspicious. We don't have to be witch hunters or any looking at people. and You know what I'm saying, all that <laughs> nonsense. You can't see anything anyway. Huh? Huh? You know, the Bible says he's a revealer of men's hearts. So if he don't tell you, and he ain't so busy trying to tell you what, if somebody else is right, he's trying to tell you if you're right. The Bible says examine yourself. He don't tell you examine nobody else. You examine yourself. Huh? You know what I say, God? I'm examining myself, and if, if I'm clear on the inside, I can trust you to help me with whatever this brings in here. <laughs> Some people are live, you know, some people live through some rough situations. And it, the whole thing hinges not on what they, they're trying to do to you, but what do you have coming from the Father, man? What kind of relationship do you have? Huh? <laughs> so he reveals truth to us and leads us to the promised place. So the Holy Spirit is moving us all the time to what God's promised us. All the time. He's the enforcer of the covenant. So in the enforcement, he is leading you into the things that you prayed for. Remember you asked for that? Well, now it's time to move and go get it. Huh? And that's what he does for us. All right, delivered. What are we delivered? In Colossians 1, 13. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness. That means there's no sin you can't get free from. Huh? No sin you can't get free from. Now, some, some of us just have irritating habits. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? God will deal with that. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes what irritates him is so minor. You know, we can get real worked up about nothing. But we're talking about sin, something that's going to separate you from him. Amen. That's what we're talking about. That's the important thing right there. So he delivered us from the power of what keeps us captive. Sometimes it's a bad spirit about things. So we seem that we can't shape. You've been delivered. You have been delivered of that. You put that before God and see how fast you won't get rid of it. You know, the Copelands had that 
that understanding of communion where the Kenneth Copeland will tell you, he said, if I have something that's rough on me and I know it's not pleasing to God, he said, I get right there at the communion table and by faith in the atonement that he's been delivered from the power of that thing it has no, he said, that thing gets broken. Amen. The devil tries to bring it back, and that's the devil trying to bring stuff back to you. You just gotta gotta understand that. So darkness has no power over a child of light. Light is more powerful than darkness. The devil tries to deceive us into thinking otherwise, but he has no power over us. Matthew six and thirteen. Jesus taught this prayer. What are we to ask for? Deliver us from evil. Amen. That should be our our prayer every day. God, wherever my steps are going, let it be goodness and light all day long. Um, Amen. You know how some people want to call you, want to give you a good tidbit of gossip? Uh Huh? I know most, you know, most of us don't have that all. But, you know, you got some little friends, they know who they want to call when they want to drop something that's not good or edifying. Or some, you know, religious people, I just want you to pray with me about this, sis. I ain't praying with you about nothing. I don't come into agreement with the devil. Huh? I smelt you, you a mile away. Huh? So anyway, you know, the best thing to do is make people scared to ring your number. You know, God put fear in their hearts before they call me up for some nonsense. Amen. So he says, and lead us not into temptation. Forgive us our debts. Once you're cleaned, then don't ask God not to lead you into. Amen into any darkness anymore deliver us from the evil one or from temptation amen and so always exalt the lord and know his promise is to deliver you from evil deliver you sometimes evil will invite itself into your life under the pretense of something else seducing spirits always want their way into the life of a believer you know sometimes people are too nice too friendly too and you can discern sometimes that something ain't quite right somewhere you know and you you can't really put your finger on it and then pretty soon it'll get revealed to you you know they're being too but you know what sometimes now this has happened to me there have been people that have come to me sometimes kind of trying to cozy up a little bit and god will have me to bless them and love them anyway and then they can get convicted and back off you know the power of god is so so powerful to keep things right it's powerful and also listen don't don't get in this mindset of somebody's taking advantage of you when god tells you to bless you stop doing that to yourself because you are blessed to be a blessing you don't want to start cursing you don't want to start cursing the source of your blessing by letting the devil talk you you know churches do this all the time because i heard yesterday um, the church that we have the meeting at, the high empowerment meeting, they said, oh, we don't need that bread you leave anymore. Right. Well, why would you give up a source of blessing? to? You're already struggling to keep this big building going. You think the answer is to charge everybody and collect rent. Yeah. Well, really, it could be whoever you've been giving that bread to, you need to keep doing it. Yeah. And you need to do more. You need to fill every room in this place with bread. I was looking at the, how much time I got, Well, Holly? Okay, the Salvation Army for years has always, they top everybody in contributions with the little red bucket. You understand what I'm saying? 
you know, preachers nowadays, and don't, don't put no going, divorce George. You know, we all do that because we know we can do better. You know what I'm saying? But, but maybe sometimes we shouldn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know we still collect our coins, don't we? Because remember the day when them coins paid bills, they still do. You know? But, uh, and I've had people tell me things like, uh, uh, well, I, I, we, we have a plan for you to raise money. And you don't have to uh, give chicken dinners. I said, we do anyway. I said, in fact, I have a very good recipe for chicken. And I enjoy cooking it, too. And it does make money for our church. So you can't shame me into not wanting to cook chicken no more. I've been cooking it too long. Take my blessing away from me. Are you nuts? The reason you begging me is because you don't have no money. Why should I do what you say anyway? people are nuts but you know the bible says don't despise the day of small things see small things got all these big churches built you see them but the salvation army notoriously out out collects everybody all the time and i was with we we take bread to the salvation army building and i went in there one time (laughs) teeny bladder sometimes your teeny bladder can be a blessing even whatever but i told the lady i said can i go to the bathroom now see i got it timed i put on my elastic waist (laughs) jogging pants to go to the gym that's like five minutes from the salvation army but i can't make it today you understand what i'm saying i got it all time so i said i really need to use your bathroom she said oh no you know i'll show you where it is and this building looks small on the outside but once you get in here it's huge and she said, you might have to step over some things because we're preparing our baskets for the families for Thanksgiving. I passed at least four rooms that were wall to wall, line to line, with grocery bags filled with food for these. And they were out in the hallway. I said, okay, God, I get it. I see why these people are. You understand? You see evidence of why those people are blessed. They got a chapel in there where they have their worst. Amen. Amen. Thank God for the Salvation Army. Because if the government had to do what they do, people would be dropping dead of starvation on the streets. Then people know what to do and they do a good job of it. So anyway, <clears throat> we are delivered from trouble and great peril in Second Corinthians 1.10. So I don't care what you're going through. It ain't trouble and it great, ain't great peril. It's just you messed up your finances and now God's straightening them out. And you don't get an automatic lifeline like they, one of them quiz shows. I think I'll take my lifeline now. You only get one, huh? With God, you get it over and over again. Second Corinthians, what did I say, 110? Okay, one. Oh, Lord have mercy. Second Corinthians 1. Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver. Over and over and over again. That word, the word for salvation is sozo. And that means salvation, wholeness, deliverance, restoration, redemption. It's whatever you need. It's a fill in the blanks word. He says delivered us for so great a death and does deliver. And whom we trust and he will yet deliver us. So I don't care what you get into. God will always deliver you. It's not like, you know, family members. 
You're back in jail again. You can't find nobody to bail you out. Huh? There's some woman that people have been protesting about her. That she died. They say she hanged herself in jail. The family's now trying to sue them. But according to what I have read, I don't know if that's true. But she called every day for a family member to bail her out. Nobody did. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes people need bailing out. Sometimes people wear you out, having you got to, got to bail them out over and over again. But sometimes they do need bailing out again. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to talk to God about these things. But he says, will deliver, continues to deliver. We need great deliverance. Amen. First Thessalonians 1.10 says, believers have a covenant. We're adopted. So we are delivered from the coming wrath that's coming to the earth. I don't care what your Facebook friends see in a dream. If it's doom and gloom, it ain't coming my way. Why? I got, I'm adopted, baby. You know who my daddy is? I got a covenant with him that says, and he done told me everything. Huh? You know, sometimes when your parents, especially wealthy people, they'll leave all the family secrets and, and goodies and treasures into the hands of uh, lawyers and stuff. To be read after they dead. Why? They know if they read it while alive, the kids might kill them. You know the dark paper company. You know all them styrofoam cups we used? Uh, it, no, it, was, it wasn't him. U-Haul. The father made the mistake. He was in his 50s, made the mistake of dividing up that company with his children while he was yet alive. You know they forced him out. They looked at all they shares. They said, hmm, how many you got? How many of you got? We can get rid of daddy. And that's what they did. Dark paper company, the same thing. But God has given us all to us. Why? Because he's the mediator of our covenant. He can trust us. We're not like bratty kids that want everything. But we, we have a father. And he opens up the book wide to us. He said, choose what you want. Pick anything out of here. It's my good pleasure to give it to you. Why? Because we're trustworthy because the enforcer carries out. The Holy Spirit himself has sealed us into the day of redemption. He, we have been signed in the blood of his son. And so the father considers us trustworthy to show us everything that belongs to us. We need to find out more of what we got coming and start demanding it with our faith. Make the devil leave it alone. In Jude one twenty four, he delivers us faultless before his throne every time we want to appear there we appear there with no fault amen you confess your sins you have an advocate with the father jesus is prompting you to tell so you can get it out of the way and he can wipe you clean in his blood again so he will present us to the father as his bride at the marriage supper of the lamb revelations 19 and 7 and that's where we wind up. We wind up in heaven. We're sealed to go to heaven. Your ticket is stamped. Your luggage is being left behind because you don't need nothing. Naked you came into this world and naked you're going out. But he's got a mansion up there waiting for you where everything that you need is already ready for your eternal life. The next phase of it. Revelation 19.7. Let us be glad and rejoice. And give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. Amen. That was our scripture last conference. 
how do we make ourselves ready? We yield to him and he does all the work. Revelation 19.9. And he said unto me, write, blessed are they which are called to the marriage. That's what we are. Our adoption calls us every day to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are true sayings of God cannot be refuted you got the spirit of truth in you to to validate everything or refute everything that you hear he'll tell you nothing but the truth and he's trustworthy he sealed us and and we can't get away from god david said that and he was under a different covenant weaker covenant huh that had to be done away with and he got that much he said where can i go to escape god so if i make my bed in hell you're down there too people in hell can't get rid of god (laughs) they tell you stupid stuff like hell is a party huh why would you want to party all your life something's wrong with that we were put here to work not to party just a thought you know work is more fulfilling can't party all the time can't play all the time but i'll tell you one thing once you know who you are whose you are what he's done for you that he did it because he loved you He's forced you into acceptance with the beloved. Because we didn't even know we needed to be accepted to be close to God. And he made it happen anyway. Huh? I mean, this is a wonderful covenant. All we have to do is believe God. Love him. Worship him. Leave obedience to him. And, and it's all good, folks. It's all good. It's an excellent covenant. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing's wrong. And nothing's wrong with you. Amen. God fixes everything. Amen. All right. Father, we thank you for your word, for understanding, for fruitfulness in your kingdom. We want to be fruitful people, Lord. We want to bear fruit for you, fruit that remains. That's all really that's left for us is to honor you, work for you, go forward in this earth conquering in your name. Not because of our great faith or our great anything, but because of our great God. And we give you all honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll.